Welcome to a special presentation of Behind the Page, where we at Marvel vs. Marvel revisit the comic book histories of some of your favourite Marvel characters. If you're joining us for the first time, each and every episode of MVM is packed with this kind of history and trivia as we explore the Marvel movies and the comic books that inspired them. Let's take a trip behind the page now, then, to look at the the full history of Moon Knight. Something that, uh, I mean, look, this episode is going to be the definitive Moon Knight episode. I will put us up against any other Marvel podcast out there. We are digging deeper and going harder and further than anybody else. Um, and we are going to give you everything you need to know about Moon Knight. Um Let's start at the beginning then in the 1970s because Moon Knight will believe it or not was created as a supervillain. Oh, um, that would make uh, cre- sense. Created by a writer called Doug Monch and artist Don Perlin. He first appeared as in one the 70s Marvel had an awful lot of supernatural horror themed comic books we talked about um the Tomb of Dracula and we've talked about the that spun off into Blade. Um, things like Ghost Rider. There's also one called Werewolf by Night. Ooh. Werewolf by Night was a comic book about a hip young seventies teen um, who is cur- uh, suffers under a family curse. At the age of eighteen, um, he becomes a werewolf uh, during under a full moon. Um, that so Marvel comics uh, in the seventies and, and right the way through used to have a little title box at the top of the comic mm. that would introduce the character right ah so, yeah 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 um on the very first page of amazing spider-man it would be bitten by a radioactive pi- uh, radioactive spider teenage peter parker uh began the proportionate strength and speed of a spider and his uncle died and he became spider-man the uh fizz, um, fizz magazine do that as well Taken, it's it's from Stan, yeah. it's the Stan Jack. Oh, what's he? It's taken from that. Yeah. Um, the one for Werewolf by Night. Instead of saying, is written in the first person, and it's like, my tag is Jack, um, because they're trying to write a hip seventies lingo. Instead of saying my name, it's like, hey there, cool cats. My my tag, my tag's Jack. Like tag it's being this name tag. It's so weirdly cringy now. Yeah. But Werewolf by Night. Yeah, Jack Russell. Is the name of the kid, <laughs> uh, and he becomes a werewolf by night. Does he become a small yappy werewolf? <laughs> he doesn't know. He a small a yappy werewolf that's, that has a temper. Oh god, sorry. I, I remember we talked about Jack Russell before. Jack but Russell. It, it will never stop being funny. Jack Russell werewolf by night. Moon Knight is introduced to be a moon-themed villain for mm. this werewolf. And to fight him with silver weapons. That's the whole idea behind Moon Knight. That's his entire concept and creation. Len Wein was the editor of Werewolf by Night in the 70s at the time. And we've talked about Len Wein before because he's the co-creator of Wolverine uh-huh. uh, and Swamp Thing as well. 
Len calls uh, Monch up to discuss the upcoming issues of Werewolf by Night, and it's like oh, he talks to all the writers, and he's like, "I need you to give me the breakdown of what's going to happen in the next three issues." Um, and uh, Doug Monch, in an interview he gave, said that you know he he said. He was talking about this criminal organization that was called the committee, and he said, how about if the committee hire a mercenary to take down the werewolf? I'll try and make him colorful and distinctive. Maybe I'll give him a costume. Maybe I won't. Um, Have I got any names? Uh, Let's see. And he runs through a list of 50. He's got 15 names prepared for this mercenary. (laughs) The first one that he remembers was called Blood Moan. Uh, okay. So that was nearly the name of Moon Knight, Blood Moon. Blood Moon. By the time he gets to the third name on the list, it's Moon Knight with a K. And immediately Len Wein loves the name and he says, "That's it. I want. I want Moon Knight. The character's got to be called Moon Knight. That's what I want." Um, and uh, Monch says, "I'll come up with costumes and I'll tie it into the moon." I thought I'd just create a new villain. Um, and since the star of Werewolf by Night is a werewolf, anyone ah. who fights him and kind of looks like a hero—sorry, well, anyone that fights him—will kind of look a bit like a hero because they're fighting a werewolf. Yeah, naturally. So I came up with a guy who was a villain, but also kind of had a little bit of honor, a little bit of, of subtlety to him. The story that takes place over two issues is left open-ended, like an awful lot of of, uh, Marvel stories were at the time. The villain of the piece, Moon Knight, could return in the future, but might not. Len Wein, Doug Monch, they had no intention and no plans to bring him back. Mm. But then... Marv Wolfman calls Doug up a few months later. We've talked about Marv Wolfman before because he's the co-creator of Blade. Aha, um, yeah, yeah. And Marv Wolfman says to Doug, I really like that Moon Knight guy. Why don't you stu- spin him off and do a one-shot for one of our, our, our books like Marvel Premiere or Marvel Spotlight? Those are comic books that are kind of like um, anthology comics and we've talked about those before yes that's the first yes. that's the first place they introduce characters um like uh i'm trying to think now um star lord was first in one of those and 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 group and things like that yeah and doug munch is completely taken aback by this he's like the werewolf guy <laughs> the, the, the hood and the silver and the cape you want me to spin him off onto his own and make him the good make him the hero of the story he's like i mean okay this is a recurring theme right mm. anytime doug monch is interviewed about moon knight it is and i've listened to a lot of interviews to rehearse for this prepare for this it's very clear that doug never saw moon knight as a good character as a star character it's the, he's constantly surprised but the writers and editors are really into the character and like oh I love that what the guy in all the white and the silver and the cape and the hood and Doug largely does not see what other people see in Moon Knight um <laughs> and that's really and and I think part of the key of this character is that what people love most I think about Moon Knight throughout the decades and years mm. is the design the yep. look yep the costume and the name. It's a really cool badass name. Moon Knight. It is. With a K. It is. It's a cool badass name. People gravitate to that. 
And we're going to see that virtually everything else about the character changes over 40, 50 years, except for those two things that initially grabbed people. <laughs> um, so they do a, a two issues in Marvel Spotlight, uh, it, retooling uh, Moon Knight to be a, a, a crime fighter, a superhero. Um, and everything he once used to fight a werewolf is now used to fight bad guys. And they introduce a supporting cast and secret identity and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that's just two issues and that's it. It doesn't carry on. Um, in the same way that Amazing Fantasy introduced Spider-Man to the world, mm. it's proved really, really popular... Writers, uh, fans wrote in demanding more Spider-Man, so they created Spider-Man's own comic. That didn't yeah. happen with Moon Knight. People bought it, and that was it. There wasn't like fans clamoring, banging at the door. We must have more Moon Knight. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Two issues in Spotlight. <laughs> it resolves the story against a villain called Conquer Lord, which Jeez. is one of the worst names. I mean, Blood Moan was bad, but Conquer Lord. Is truly horrible. That's you. You know. You know. You want your. You want your villain to sound like a villain, but you also want to put some effort in. Yeah. And Conquer Lord just went like they. It sounded like they started running out of breath while saying that sentence. And they were Conquer. Lord. It sounds to me, and this is a UK specific uh, little gag here. It sounds to me like he is the king of the schoolyard playground in autumn. He's the Conquer Lord. <laughs> so this will be the final episode of Marvel vs. I can Marvel. see the, all the light die in your eyes. I, I, that. I mean, there wasn't that much brightness anyway, Rob, and you snuffed it out with that awful regional gag. How is that regional? I mean, it's you, it's a country wide. Okay, okay. I, 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 it might I, even I, be European. I don't know. <laughs> um, so after that, after those two issues, later down the line, Doug gets another call to spin Moon Knight off as a backup strip in mm. another publication. Sometimes in the comic book world, a comic. The main story doesn't last the whole issue. Mm. There'll be a backup story that might run, I don't know, three to five pages in the back yeah. um, of, of, the, of the comic, and that might be a completely different character. That sometimes happens. Okay, um, It's quite short, and it's a lot harder to write because you've, you've only got those sort of four or five pages to... To, to tell a recurring story, yeah. Marvel had actually this wasn't to, wasn't going to feature in a comic book at all. It was going to feature in a magazine, Ooh. one of the very very few magazines Marvel published. It was called Rampaging Hulk. Okay, now it was not. It had a comic book story in it, but it was a black and white magazine aimed at an older audience and sold on newsstands alongside more mature horror theme magazines like Vampirella um, and things like that which were black and white they normally had a little bit of TNA titillation in them, a <laughs> little bit of swearing, uh, much more morally grey stories, a lot more violence in the stories. Although not Something for the stuff. lads Yeah, definitely it was for, for older readers, for people that yeah. were kind of a bit, bit more grown up mm. Um and they're a slightly larger format as well, a magazine format. And there was some articles in there, but the main selling point was black and white rampaging Hulk, black rampaging Hulk stories. So Hulk would have been portrayed much more as like a um, 
uh, a movie monster, like a Godzilla or a, that mm. kind of a style of of monster, rather than like a superhero and a and a fluffy, cuddly character. Um, <laughs> and, and Marvel thought that this kind of morally questionable mercenary turned werewolf hunter turned uh, vigilante would be a good fit for this mature audience. Okay, that makes sense. And so. Yeah, Doug was then teamed up. This is where an important figure in the history of Moonlight comes on board. An artist called Bill um, Sakevich. Um, Sakevich has become a very famous artist, in, in a very famous figure in the art world in general, um, for his impressionist style mm. with comic book arts. And he is responsible for some of the most distinctive artwork and distinctive front covers you'll ever see in a comic book. His work on Electra and new mutants is really iconic um but at this time in the in the 70s he's a young kid trying to burst into the business he doesn't have that impressionist style yet um in his early days he's really heavily influenced by a legendary uh batman and green lantern artist called neil adams in fact sakevich's art is nearly a mirror image in the early days it's nearly a mirror image of uh, Neil Adams's art. He goes to DC Comics for a job with his portfolio, catches them on a good day. Neil Adams is actually in the office, um, and his his portfolio gets passed around the DC offices as check it out. This guy can do Neil. <laughs> um, it's like, can you believe it? This kid is doing Neil Adams, and Neil Adams sees it and he's really impressed. He's so impressed there aren't there isn't any work for Bill um, at DC. Neil Adams, who is head of whatever studio at DC picks the phone up he calls Marvel Comics and he says I've got another Neil Adams for you I'm sending him over <laughs> and off he goes and Marvel jumps the chance because Neil Adams is he, I mean slick is the word I would I always think of when I think of Neil Adams' artwork it's good it's 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 one of the most iconic depictions of Batman ever the same with Green Lantern and Green Arrow um, especially in that kind of um Bronze Age, I guess, sort of Bronze Age. Um, Sienkiewicz becomes the Moon Knight artist for these black and white, mature, backup, rampaging Hulk stories, and forms this really good working partnership with Doug. Doug Munch always talks about how he writes for the artist. Mm. Whatever the artist is really good at doing, I'll write stories around that. To the extent that. He once worked with an artist and he said, what do you want to do? And he said, can you write a story that involves Russian tanks? <laughs> uh, British ladies. And he gave a list of all these very specific things. And Doug goes, okay. And goes off and writes a story that involves all of that. Because it's all the things the guy can draw the best. Mm. Um, and then something very key happens for Moon Knight. Okay. It's the direct market in the comic book industry. So, slightly to pull back. Traditionally in America, and thus, well, depending on how it is, but, but America leads the way. Traditionally in America, since the 30s, comic books were sold on newsstands. Mm. Those those places outside that don't, uh, you know, they're a, they're a stand on the on the sort of a street, which a is where you buy your your newspapers and magazines from. A kiosk. We would kiosk say in this, in this country, country yeah. We Mainly, we'd have them uh, at a, at a, at a, in this country on a train station, yeah, um, and a little bit around around major city hubs. Um, but newsstands, 
they're also sold in pharmacies and they're sold in sweet shops, candy stores, and, and, and toy shops as well. In the 90, by the 1970s, this had declined massively as comic books were becoming less and less popular with what you'd call the mass audience of everyday kids and families. From the 30s on through, the comic books were, were, were like every kid read comics. Every single kid in America read comics. By the time you get to the 70s, you had an awful lot of public outcry and scares and scandals yeah. and television has come along. Just less and less kids. Same, you know, baseball declining popularity. Things whack, wax and wane, come and go. Roller derby was once the most, virtually the most popular sport in America and it died overnight. <laughs> These things happen. But this led to the rise or the beginning mm. of the comic book shop, ah. which was never the place you went to buy comics because they didn't exist. Slowly but surely, 60s through to the 70s, shops dedicated specifically and entirely to selling comic books became a thing. And they're selling to dedicated fans, not like the kid who's with his mom at the shop. Yeah. Right? Dad's going to buy a magazine or a newspaper. He buys little Timmy a Superman. The the mom goes out to do the the family shopping for the groceries. They pick up some comics for the kids or whatever. Um, This is people that love comics go to the comic book shop to buy the comics. Um, This also led to the rise. So this is... By the 70s, these stores had clubbed together and arranged a brand new deal with Marvel and DC Comics to purchase their comics directly from the publisher, which was not how it had worked in in the 60s and for a lot of the 70s. This direct purchase of, of comic book shops that sell directly to comic book fans, buying directly from the publishers creates a direct line yes. from the publishers to the fan. It creates the direct market. The direct market, for good or for bad, and there's things on both sides, <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like it replaced the mass market, uh, the mass market selling of comics. It came about through necessity because the mass market died off, right? Yeah. That makes Virtually. perfect. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, you go to where your core audience is, but the direct market selling directly to comic book fans allowed publishers to take more risk with characters and stories that might not hold mass appeal at the newsstand, at the pharmacy, at the toy store. Right? In general, that means more mature and more adult themed comics, specifically because the younger audience is kind of growing less every day and dying off yeah. but the but the kids that liked it in their youth are now older and they still like it you know and that's been the tale of comic books ever since the 70s the audience has just got older and older and older and less and less young kids are getting into comics anyway the market also created a lot less cost for publishers right in 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 the regular mass market the newsstands and pharmacies in the same as they can with magazines can return unsold comic books. And the publisher Mm. has to swallow the cost of the unsold comics. That's standard. That's interesting. So the publisher is speculating 
on yeah. what the mass market will buy yeah. and taking a financial hit if they're wrong. And as the mass market shrunk, they were losing out more and more and losing out hard. But with the direct market, the comic book shops placed their orders in advance, allowing the publishers to make much smaller printings. And whatever the comic book shops buy from the publisher, they buy and own and cannot return. They keep. Which allows Marvel and DC to take zero risk in the direct market. That's incredible. Virtually zero risk. It's it's pushing all the risk onto the... uh onto the shop front basically rather than from their supplies absolutely yeah wow so in 1980 marvel the direct market has had this it's is really starting to ramp up comic book shops the 1980s are the boom period for the comic book shop for the direct market 1980 it's kind of about to start right marvel are looking for stories and characters to appeal to the direct market slightly more mature slightly edgier slightly darker and moon knight seemed to them like the perfect choice because it had been in this rampaging hulk magazine which had been one of the only marvel magazines they had you know that was directed to kind of a mature older audience editor-in-chief at the time jim shooter commissioned doug monch and bill sinkevich to take their Moon Knight act from the back pages of Rampaging Hulk and turn it into a fully-fledged monthly comic book series for the direct market. Much smaller print runs, less risk, all of that, sent to dedicated fans. Shooter's only caveat in this was that they had to give Moon Knight a proper origin story like any of the other proper Marvel lead characters have. Mm. It can't simply be... He's bad. Werewolf Hunter. He's badass, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whatever you want to say or think about Moon Knight, the design and look of that character is cool. Is cool as f. Mm. And his name is badass as well. Those are the things which really grabbed people in that one appearance in Werewolf by Night in that Marvel spotlight. Um, and th- that combined with the the kind of the action movie mercenary element and and this is key the really slick gorgeous artwork of Sinkevich it made Moon Knight a real hit on the direct market hmm. it, it might not have been selling top tier characters like Spider-Man and Batman comics were selling in the mass market but it didn't have to like the, the the overheads and the break even points are, are in the direct market are much lower which uh, rather nicely means that the roy so at the time royalties that are paid to creators only kick in once that break even point has been hit right? right okay that break even point in the direct market is so much lower so much lower so Doug Manch and Bill Sekovich and all those dudes who are creating the comic they they get to hit that royalty level that much quicker and sooner and um it's a good deal for everybody so moon knight is a hit a modest hit with comic book shops and and comic book fans the first series of moonlight it only runs for three years it, it, <laughs> it runs to issue 38 but from here on out writers editors would keep returning to the moon knight character 
it, it would keep being resurrected and rebooted and retooled by dozens of different writers, each putting their own spin on the character, each of them essentially changing pretty drastic and important things about Moon Knight. And so many of the of the different Moon Knight series contradict something that has happened previously <laughs> by a, a different creator. So many times the character does a complete 180 on something about the personality or the history. It's a character that is incredibly hard to pin down over 40 years, uh, 40 plus years of history. It's incredibly hard to pin down and say, oh, this is what Moon Knight is all about. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really hard. Our Superman episode... We dealt with a huge amount of continuity, decades and decades of it. We dealt with um, altering continuity as well. But it, it was pretty consistent. We could pretty much agree quite early on, this is what Superman is. Yeah. This is the backstory and things about Krypton might change and things about his power levels might change. But this is who Superman is, was pretty consistent. Moon Knight is not that case he's been a werewolf hunter with mm, i'll get to that he's been Ooh. a werewolf hunter sorry is, he's that, been a, is that a uh, lichen hunter or a werewolf <laughs> he's been a werewolf Ooh. hunter he's been a crime fighter with secret identities he's been a mystic warrior an avenger he's been a violent psychopath um he's been a movie producer he's been a private detective he's been a mental patient plus actor Plus actor. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Okay. Just like the moon itself, Moon Knight is ever-changing and keeps going through different phases. Thanks for joining us as we revisit some of our favourite moments from Marvel vs. Marvel. Don't forget our full-length episodes are jam-packed with hours of Marvel trivia, behind the page, behind the scenes, and comic book Marvel history.